Hello. Hi. Welcome to another episode of When Football Met Soccer, where we talk about all things football, uh, on the pitch, off the pitch, all the games and everything happening with managers, players, all that good stuff. Uh, how are you doing, Hamza? I'm good. I'm good. It's like been a, a fun uh, time uh, of uh, football. There's a lot. It's always a, a fun time. There's a lot of things happening, a lot of drama, a lot of coach yeah, getting and, sacked. And, and forgive me for drinking my coffee in front of you. I know. It's okay. I know okay. It's so day. If, if you hear coffee sounds, it's definitely not Hamza. It's, it's just yeah, me. It's day 15 of Ramadan, so we're halfway through. We're halfway through already. Yeah, it's okay. been hard, but I see all those uh, soccer players do it, and I'm thinking, okay, maybe I can do it as well. Yeah, if you can score two hat tricks back to back. and you If know, Benzema can be like that, then I could uh, fast and do my job. There's faith for all of us, exactly. Why don't we start with Chelsea-Liverpool? Yeah. Your classic mid-table clash. Exactly. I mean, imba- two embarrassing teams. If we were to know their history, nobody would care. I don't know, 11th and 8th. Uh, they're very, not a great performance. Uh, good for club for changing the team, though. I feel like the player, the players were getting comfortable with losing, so he put Salah on the bench, even though I don't think Salah was I the problem. I didn't quite understand that, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, he wasn't the problem, clearly. Yeah. Like the, Their problem is... Um, even Gapko. Yeah, even Gapko. I don't know. I don't really understand his decisions, um, but Salah did not look happy at all. Uh, he changed a little bit in defense in the midfield, which is good. Trent was not great, but I think I have... Less to say about uh, Liverpool, but obviously more to say about, about yeah, Chelsea, as everyone sure. does. I know, Liverpool exactly. is just mid, and it's been it's been the same stuff that we're criticizing about Liverpool, and they they could be better, but I don't you don't know why they're not better, right? Like you can't just pinpoint. Yeah, you say it's defense, it's it's the midfield is not great, but you don't know why it's not great because it still has quality players. So. But sometimes, but they do score a lot at the same time. So it's kind of like weird. And they Chelsea- beat Man United 7-0. So Liverpool is this weird. You cannot, you don't understand what's happening. But Chelsea is more fun to talk about just because there's yes. all that stuff happening around the management, the ownership and all that stuff. So it's like, I think everyone loves talking about Chelsea these days. Yeah, and also the players are sometimes annoying. I don't know. Like, honest, honestly, I'm sorry. Why are we still playing Havertz? He is so bad like they need to give someone else a chance just give Aubameyang a chance why is Modric also still playing he he hasn't done anything since he started uh, yeah Havertz maybe he played well uh, the first like the, the years before this year and he did score that Champions League goal he did a lot but even the goal he scored in this game that was uh, disallowed it was he scored it with his hands okay so like Havertz <laughs> The misses he had, especially in the first half. So bad. There was one at the 28th minute. It was so, so bad. Like, the defenders were clearly not going to get the ball. It was should have been a really easy in. And then the one that that was uh, ruled offside, yeah. the one that bounced off his arm. Did you see? He celebrated. Oh, his end. Yeah, his, I'm like, he celebrated I'm like, that goal. Dude, like, everyone knows cut. that was a... <laughs> it's clear cut. <laughs> Why are you going to celebrate that goal? But you have to pretend. That's what they do. But, but, but not like that could have worked no, in the past. No, 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 but I'm sorry. Exactly. With, now, now with VAR, you really shouldn't be celebrating a goal like that. And I honestly, he, he in most of the time, or not most of the time, a lot of the time you think, okay, he doesn't have technical finishing skills. He doesn't, a lot of times he misses ones that should have been a goal. But in this game, he was really lazy too. You felt yeah. like he wasn't even trying. And so then you're like, okay, well, I really can't defend you now because not only are you not great, you're also not even trying, which was, you know, applicable to most of the players on the pitch save uh, maybe I a agree. few right I so agree. like there's no tactics like they, they honestly like they didn't have a manager which is you know somewhat true they well, they, they, they play like they didn't have a manager well, it's always you can't win as a child but, but you always it's always a story where they have they look like the better team yeah but they, they have shots so but they don't but they don't win the game so it's I like know. the same narrative repeating itself over and over again and it's like when the players get into the penalty box they all become you know, nearsighted or lost yeah. or something. So like, uh, they play well. And then up to that point, it's like, oh shit, I don't know what to do anymore. I can't score the goal. Havers is ridiculous. The the good point is that Kante started such a good player. It's too bad they want to let him go because of injuries. Honestly, Barca should get him. That, that To me, that guy is such a valuable player. So good. He was the best on the pitch. Yeah, he, he gave so many good passes to, uh, to, to Havers. Like, it's like this link between defense and offense. It's like Kante. So good. Like he's mm-hmm. his his passes, his balls, really amazing. 
Joao Felix, I don't know what to say. So disappointing. But to be honest, like he is a skillful player, but what he's doing right now is the same. It's very similar to what he did at um, Atletico Madrid. Four years, he had 25 goals and 13 assists. That's not a lot. I'm really sorry. For four but he started years, every game, no? Most games, most games yeah. yeah. Most games he started. He played a lot of games. I mean, uh, if you compare it to a lot of other players, yeah. I mean, yeah, he played 96 games. He got 25 goals, 13 assists. Like sometimes in a, last year, like the last year or this year, actually, only three assists and four goals. The year before, four assists and eight goals. So that's not like a number. It's not a player with numbers that are going to save you. You cannot expect this player to save Chelsea. That, that's all I'm saying. He's a skillful player, but they need someone who can score. But if you compare it to the impression and the reputation that he has yeah it's it's a little there's a bit of a disconnect no like if you the compare numbers stats, are not the yeah. numbers are not there to back it up like sure. the numbers that are there to back up Holland and even Lewandowski with all the shit that we say about him the numbers are there but Joao Felix I'm really sorry dude you don't have any like big numbers and like those some of these years that I mentioned they were years when Atletico was so good the years when Atletico went to the the semi-final of the Champions they League. The league. They won the league. They won the semi-final or the final of the Champions League. So it's big years. So you should be scoring more, but I don't know. But I who mean, was scoring for Atletico? I don't know. Atletico is like that team that wins with 1-0, that barely wins. Like you Barcelona. Barcelona. Like Barcelona nowadays. So. Uh, Matip, not good in defense at all. I like. I feel like, they, like he keeps shuffling uh, everything, like all the players in defense, but none of them is performing. I don't know what they're drinking in their water. That's making them not perform that well, but I mean, it's fair that Klopp is trying to because clearly it's not something's not. So yeah, I mean, if he's gonna try something, he should. Yeah, he should. should he honestly. shouldn't be blamed for trying. No, no, I'm right? not like I'm not blaming Klopp at all. I don't know what's happening. Like in other cases, it's very clear that it's the coach's mistake or the player's mistake. Here, you don't know what's happening. Again, Hakim Ziyech not playing. He's not even in the like. I think it's the fourth game or fifth game that he's not even in the on the bench. So I don't know what's happening exactly. You're no, paying him. No, I think him. it's the second or third since, since the international break. No, no, but I'm saying even, even before, before, the yeah. before the international break, break, he didn't play four games in a row, like three games. But in he a wasn't row. even on the bench. He didn't play since the Tottenham game where he got the red card and it was reversed. Basically, if mm, I remember correctly. But he he's been in training though. He's been in training, so I don't understand what's happening. I'm like inclined to believe that, uh, like that story that uh, Todd. Uh, Bode really didn't wasn't happy with uh, uh, Potter playing him, and that was when everything started to go to shit. So maybe that's true. I don't understand why you don't don't like involve Ziyech. I know that he's um, going anyways, but he's still a player. He still costs a lot of money. He's still not a bad player. So I don't know what's happening. Chelsea decisions, yeah, they don't really make sense, and I kind of from well a lot of what the fans say and what i read on twitter it, it's just to sum chelsea's performance up when you watch their match it's like 90 minutes of foreplay and never an orgasm yeah because they no, just never exactly. finish no, i no. mean it's it's that's it's, it it's like you just expect it for expect it from them now and i and i mentioned G- ziash because i think that he probably shouldn't start because he's clearly not a chelsea he's not crazy about chelsea but i think he could be a solution uh, be as a substitute because a lot of players play for themselves sometimes they don't care about the team he just wants to score for the stats right they might go to the Champions League they might win the Champions League who knows very low probability but he would get another title uh, for him like a lot of I don't know how, how players think I'm pretty sure he's half he half he's probably like I want a Champions League that's it yeah, I mean, I'm just saying like he could want to score just for the purpose of scoring himself I know I talk about him a lot in every episode, but it's just weird to have a player not playing. And, and I also talk about Obabayagola. I don't know why he's not playing. Like, he's getting paid a lot of money to not do anything. He could be another solution. But no. It seems like not. Chelsea has kind of let him fall off the radar a bit and kind of not really dealt with that yeah, situation. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's still getting paid. So it's very weird. I don't know. Like, that's what I'm saying. I think there is a problem with management. The way Todd is managing this team is shit. Yeah. And he shouldn't be involved in the day-to-day decisions of the players that are getting selected. I feel like that's just fucked. Just I don't know if it's coach. necessarily him, but his team, yeah. The management team. He I does mean, not understand anything about football. Anyways, I mean... I'm, so we can move... I mean, the elephant in the room, which is... We feel like because we're not recording this right when it happened, we're already late to the game talking about this. Yeah. But still, very importantly, that Potter has officially left Chelsea uh, with 
you know, nine games left of the season. Mm-hmm. And so I read that, uh, especially a lot of the French players, apparently, they were all calling him Harry, as in Harry Potter. No. Yeah, Harry, calling him H- Harry Potter. And, and uh, uh, or uh, Hogwarts, apparently, I don't really understand that. But okay. because... Mutterick looks a little bit like Malfoy, and so then they're like, "There's beef between them because he doesn't want to play Malfoy." Anyway, but he plays him all the time. Not all the time. He doesn't start all the time. No, he doesn't. Mutterick does not but start late, all the time. I don't know. I feel like he's been starting a lot. So and this whole Zh thing, the rumors, like you just mentioned, that he played him playing Zh, Zh at that Tottenham game and all that was one of the many factors as to why. You know, Todd Boyle and the management team was not happy with Potter because, you know, this guy is going to go to PSG. He doesn't really fit in the Chelsea story. But none of them fit in. Like, it's not but like But to be won. fair, to be fair, like I said, this is important, right? Like, image. Like, Ziyech does not seem like he fit in with other players. He doesn't seem like he's interacting with them a lot. There's nothing on his social media. You don't know that. And no, no, no. I'm sorry. He plays for Morocco in an international break for one week and there's, like, all this stuff. I don't know. No, I'm sorry. This that, that really matters because you feel like you're not part of the team. I understand. You but don't like care about the, the team. The, the thing is you read it into the situations just from what people put no, in the no, social media. No, I'm not media. saying that his him playing Potter playing Ziyech was played a role in him getting sacked. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying that the, if the owners do not like Ziyech and don't want to play him, not outside of just his technical skills... I think there's a reason to it because this guy has not really like kind of assimilated well into the team. You can't. It's, he's this, this is fourth or third year. How or is maybe he, he drifted well? out. It just feels like he's not really part of it. I don't know. Look, look. I don't know. I can't read from social media into how people feel about other people if they are like they work well with them or not. No, because you, because you don't spend a lot of time on looking at what other players. No, are no, no. Posting. I understand, this, but I just this is it's, that's the norm. It really is the norm. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that they really get along. You don't. But it know doesn't what's matter happening. what people. People perceive matters, though. And I'm pretty know. sure that's also why Chelsea fans don't really love Ziyech, too. Yeah, because they then, don't feel it from the outside. No, no, no. I see your point. But then, like, uh, but then fans, they just randomly sometimes, like, some players and shit or other well, no, players. No, no, I agree with that. But there's multi... I'm sure it's not I, just one thing why Ziyech doesn't My point play. is the fact that the management is upset that he played him in the Tottenham game. I don't think that's a valid reason because they would have lost... Anyways, and I don't think he I don't think he brings them down. Maybe he doesn't bring them up in all the games, but he doesn't necessarily bring them down. No, I agree. That's I agree. But it's just that I think maybe it wasn't just the fact that he almost got sent off during that game and like all that stuff. I think just uh, in general, playing him after the whole PSG debacle and not being able yeah. to leave. I think they were just having a strained relationship. But he was always like that. I've seen videos of him where he fights. Like, he's always very I agree, feisty. I agree. But yeah. the owner doesn't... Todd, Todd Bowley does not like him, probably. I'm, I've never... Whatever reason that is. I, I don't know a lot of these teams where the owner doesn't like a specific player. And, but he seems... And he want. wants his fingers everywhere. Like, yeah, it's he, very weird. Very I don't think that guy that Sheikh in Abu Dhabi is calling Pep and telling him, you cannot play Grealish this game. He sucks. No, I don't think he's doing that. It's also a Graham Potter coach. Like, if it was Pep Guardiola or Zidane in charge, mm. there's no way he'd be called, hey, no, you got to do this, this, this. He doesn't have a super strong personality. Exactly. But Um, anyways, uh, you said, like, it's 12 coach sacked this year in the Premier League. A record. Uh, I think number 13 is coming soon with David Moyes. Very possible, even though there's only nine games left. And I don't know if you want to talk right now about Frank Lampard. or we're on the subject. I mean, it's... To me, he's coming it's, back as interim coach, right? Yeah, he's coming back as interim coach, which could be a very good thing for Ziyech. Not to talk about him again, but he brought a lot of the players at Chelsea. That's for Mount too. He yeah, and then one of the best, Mount, one of the good things he did, he really nurtured academy players. And so, for example, Mount is a great example of that. Mm. Yeah, so fans are already posting memes of pictures of Mount and. Uh, that part in training, laughing and smiling together and saying, oh, this is the father and son we've been waiting for. I, I think I think it's just because if you, these people probably watched him, right? Like they watched him play uh, and uh, I think they respect him way more, right? It's like if, like, it's like Zidane probably. Like like Benzema probably watched him play like when he was in Madrid and and now like same thing with uh, with with Mount he probably watched like Lampard was an iconic player. No, Chelsea fans, if, if, the, if the goal 
was to say, well, we want to just placate fans, make them a bit, make them less angry for, until mm-hmm. the rest of the season, and bring Lampard in, even though he was a failure and he was already sacked once. I think in that regard, it could work. Maybe not for all the fans, but for some. I mean, come on, Rory Jennings literally made a YouTube video for ten minutes saying Frank Lampard is the best player in the world. He's the best guy in the world, and everyone in the comments were saying, is this is, is this irony? Is this sarcastic? Because we could, they all thought like the no, onion. no, because but he never broke it. So then they're like, we kept watching waiting for him to say just kidding no. no he was serious until all the way to the end so i mean but he doesn't represent all chelsea he fans is, but he is responsible for the squad that won the champions league he's the one who actually like, i agree he built it up squad. i mean yeah. to be honest maybe maybe it's he's gonna come back now and then win the champions league because uh, uh, he could <laughs> it's very unlikely it did happen once very unlikely roberto right? di matteo won the champions league at chelsea after being appointed caretaker manager in 2012 and he saved but so they extended his contract mm-hmm. for, but then for a few months, but then was sacked. So no. there's uh, precedent uh, here. Honestly, and honestly, I if if I were uh, Lampard, I don't know why I would take this job. I mean, like it must be really bad for my self-esteem. They fired me before, and now they're asking me to come back, but not as a full-time coach, just as an interim coach. But it's clear, no, he wants he wants to perform well so that they could give him a more permanent contract. Yeah, but they're gonna fire. Like who who in in his right mind would take that job? Like that's what I'm saying. Like that's why Luis Enrique probably didn't take didn't take it. I mean, that's they, why the German they're, guy. They're in negotiations with like ten thousand. No people one's gonna come. come. Like, what are the chances that they're gonna win the Champions League? Super low. And then what are the chances that they're gonna qualify for the Champions League next year? Also super low. They they would be happy if they play in the Europa League. So you're coming to this team full of problems. You're coming to this team where the the owner is managing or dictating everything you you do. So I don't know if I were a coach, I probably wouldn't want to come there. So. The, the only solution was Lampard, just because he was available. I, if I were him, I wouldn't do it. I don't know. Like, doesn't that doesn't that make sense? Like, he, it's like you're you're like a second choice. Like, he's he's clearly not the main choice. But I don't think choice. he because he Chelsea means so much to him. I don't think. I agree. I agree. That's why probably like he's in, like he has it's an emotional decision for him. So I don't know. Like he's coming into like a like a. Like Zidane probably wouldn't want to come. It's like a very toxic place. And I think for him, the, the the owners probably thought, you know what, he's very familiar with everything already at the club. So the transition for him is not going to take, you know, if someone comes in, they'll take a couple more games to get used to the thing. He's, he knows everything well. He knows a lot of the players. Yeah, he that's knows true. Everything. That's, that's Honestly, I think the firing Potter at this stage of the season didn't really make sense to me because if you were going to do all this shit and not be able to hire, because you know no great manager probably is inclined to come in at this stage and so might as well keep Potter but if the thinking was no actually it's gotten to a point where fans are way too angry mm-hmm. and we need to do something about it then okay bringing a, bringing a Lampard okay and then until the end of the season and then see what happens maybe we can bring in someone better it's just that the timing everything just seems in line with how Chelsea has been this whole year since I think starting from firing Tuchel mm-hmm. and then hiring Potter at this like whole impulsive, time impulsive yeah just like where did the decisions even come from do they even actually have people thinking over the things and now they want to bring uh, like they were, they were thinking of bringing that, that guy Deserby Potter was there and now they're like it's, okay let's bring mu- the same bas- guy it's basically musical chairs right exactly. because at this, this point he they're, they're saying okay now we want to consider because you know the Leicester seat is the Leicester manager is open and who's going to fill that one maybe maybe Potter is going to go there or he's going to go to Tottenham and then the to- it's just like everything's getting recycled and and, and then you also makes you think that the actual pool of candidates for managers is pretty small because everything just gets rotated but there's a lot of them available right now right like- no I agree I agree but they're really good managers who are free so I, I understand that but at the same time it's like there's not a shit ton of options available right yeah I just I I think they're going to have a, a tough time Bring in and add like a full time coach if they continue at 11 and lose the championship. No, but my question for you is do you think that Lampard, Lampard could fuck them up even more in these no. remaining nine games? I don't think it would be Lampard's fault, right? The team spirit is so down. If they go down even lower than 11th, I don't, I'm not gonna blame Lampard. I mean, come on. What if they get close or even get into the relegation zone? Is that possible? No, it's very unlikely. So you can I have such that- a strong squad, like you have to. With their bare minimum, they're not gonna go through relegation. <laughs> they're not. Gonna, it's just it's it's gonna be as it has been this year a mid-table team. Very simple. To be honest, a bottom half team now. No, bottom so... half team. Yeah, like mid to to like bottom half. I mean, okay. Well, 
It, there is always so much drama surrounding Chelsea. I feel like it can barely keep up. Yeah. We'll we'll wait and see how Lampard does with the remaining, you know, few games of the season. How they're going to be against Madrid. Mm-hmm. And I hope he like shuffles the players around a little bit. Like he's does a bit of a better job with the players with their morale. I do. I do think that Lampard may may have a better time dealing with all the different personalities on of the course, team. Of course, yeah. So yeah. that may be a I, You could clearly light. see that Potter was not, like, is not a guy to manage the big divas. But they're going to struggle against the mighty Real Madrid, which is a good segue into <sighs> the El Clásico. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. From, yeah, it's, it's, it's an embarrassing Clásico, honestly. Uh, from the lineup, it didn't look good. I mean, Marcos Alonso saw in as a, like, as a central defender. Sergio Roberto, Kessie midfield. I mean, Kessie is okay. But what option did they have? They didn't have any options. That's the problem. They don't have any options. Too many players missing. De Jong, Dembele, Pedri, Christensen. I mean, to me, Sergio Roberto shouldn't play at all. And Marcos also, they brought him from Chelsea. And now it's not even their main guy. It's actually this new guy, Balde, that people didn't know before. So he's much better. And Marcos also is not a central defender. I'm really sorry. And... Real Madrid did the opposite. They made a lot of few changes that were much better. And we've talked about this before. Rodrigo Sarin. Rodrigo Sarin, very important. Yeah, very, very, very good. Valverde, yeah. midfield. Camavinga had an amazing game. They have great game. potential in the midfield. Yeah. Going forwards, you know, once Modric goes, Cruz retires, right? They have uh, Camavinga, Chomeni, yeah. Valverde. They have these, like, younger talent that For can sure. keep staying and playing uh, at, at Madrid, which is very, very promising. No, I I, I agree. Like, when, as you said, Camavinga is super young. Uh, very good, very good game from him. He, like, basically ate Rafinha. He couldn't do anything. Rafinha is usually the, 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 the person who's been the bringing... The attacking player. Yeah, and he's the person who has all the solutions recently with all these players missing, right, but right. he couldn't do anything. Um, Barca is too slow to defend when Madrid counterattacks. Really slow. And they seem so disorganized. Like the first goal, you can clearly see it's Marco. It's Alonso's mis- mistake. Alonso's mistake. Yeah, right. Alonso's mistake in the midfield because he couldn't stop the ball in the midfield. The second goal is so embarrassing. The run from Modric and is amazing. And Sergio Roberto just watching him. He couldn't even stop him. The it guy, was a nice run from Modric. Yeah, but the guy's just watching him. I understand he already has a yellow card, but dude, you gotta do something. That was that was really embarrassing. And oh no, I'm sorry. I like Gavi. I don't know what to what to say about him. He's just picking cards. He's too, cards he's left too much. Right. I think he's yeah, just, he's he's gotten too aggressive. Yeah, just play the game. Like you, it's fine for you to be aggressive if you like doing this amazing performance. But if you suck, then don't be aggressive. Just don't waste time. Yeah. Don't pick cards. Don't like. I don't know. It's just so embarrassing. The penalty was even more embarrassing. I expected much better from Kessier. Really silly challenge. Super clear silly. penalty. Clear. You could it's, you could see Araujo's face yeah, right when it happened, exactly. and, and the fact that no Barcelona player complained. It was just it's it's an it's penalty. Like, no ifs and it's buts. It's a beginner's mistake. I don't understand how like a player like Kessie does something like that, and he killed the game. And you know, like you can watch that the ref was watching him. So the, the, like, there's no way that like you would escape. Yeah, and we know there's VAR, but the ref was directly the action was in in, in his in in his uh, eyesight. So very weird. And I think that goal killed the game. Because 2-1... You think? I thought Barcelona kind of gave up after the first goal. It was at the end of the first half. Yeah, but... And, you... and it was it was like a huge mistake, I think, on Lonzo's side. He was yeah, really out super, of his depth. Yeah, he, he shouldn't have... He should have gotten that ball from Rodrigo. Mm-hmm. And so once Rodrigo got past him, that's it. That They were going to score, right? Uh, no, and I, I think that really killed it. Because honestly, I don't think Barcelona defensively was that poor in the beginning. The first half, the first 30 minutes or so, I don't think they were that poor. Plus, they're not, especially missing all these players, they're not going to play a very offensive game, right? Yeah. So defensively, they were fine. And I think Araujo was fine. No, no, in the fi- first- Araujo is still good. It's yeah, still, yeah. Still and, good I, and, I, and I think that was the kind of way that you expected Barcelona to play in the first 30 minutes. Mm-hmm, but then mm-hmm. that for once Madrid scored, you just felt like that's it. They were going to crumble. Because every most it, games that they've played against Madrid, Madrid has not really scored. That yeah, game, you see right? all the spaces after the goal. Yeah. You like the, 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 there's so many spaces everywhere. What I'm saying is that once he scored, uh, once they give him the penalty, that's it. You're not going to come back from 3-1 against Madrid. You could come back from 2-1 and... But you felt like Barcelona didn't even feel like they could, they wanted to come back. I don't know. Yeah, They weren't just, playing like they wanted to come back. It's, it's very weird. Like, it's not, like, there's no energy. It's, 
the the last goal you could see like as as I said before like so much room so much space no organization when you, when there's a counter attack like it's like the Barcelona players don't know who to cover without like, their sure it could have been six seven though yeah I mean it's, it's like they they seem they seemed so lost uh, like it was like the last goal was so embarrassing I think because it was three versus one three major player versus one and then they started like uh, like they they were coming back because it was a counter attack then it was three versus two and Araujo was so far behind because he basically gave up. I was I was was so shocked. I don't know. Even with all the missing players, it was an embarrassing performance. Eric Garcia, Sergio Roberto, Alonso, Kessier. I'm sorry. Maybe this is why Kessier doesn't start every game. Would like I know people like g- g- they give uh, Xavi such a hard time for not starting him, saying he's an amazing player, but he needs a bit of time. Garcia and Sergio Roberto should not be at Barcelona anymore. I'm I'm very sorry. Obviously, great game from Karim the Dream. Kareem the dream. But I think another hat trick. Yeah, but I think people don't talk about Vinny enough. Vinny is to me the best player. At, Honestly, uh, at the two of them have really developed really good chemistry together. Mm-hmm. You didn't see this in Madrid, let's say two years ago, mm-hmm. and you know all the, obviously all that drama between the two of them. And really, right now they work really well together. Yeah, there's so much chemistry. The the two of them, and then with Modric in midfield and Camavinga, you know, like honestly, they've really found their. But then, then you wonder. Where has this Madrid been? Because they don't play like this. No, I think it's just... I'm, I'm sorry. Like, it's not that Madrid is great, but it's also that Barcelona was really bad. Yeah, because... I mean, come on. They've played... I don't know. How many Clásicos this time? Like, three three Clásicos so far. This was the fourth one. So, uh, they weren't that great. It's not like they flicked the switch and suddenly Rodrigo made all the difference. No, it's also because Barcelona was bad. They did have a good game, though. They, no, they did have a good game. I agree. But Barcelona was bad. Lewandowski has been getting worse and worse. He's so disappointing. You could see him. He uses all the one-to-one duels. And he is so slow. So predictable and so slow. The, the minute he gets the ball like in the in offense, like he loses it. I, I, I don't know what to say. Like Why is, has he been so bad this year? It's, it's so upsetting. And I think they desperately need someone like um, Cancelo. So, you know, you saw the rumors that Barcelona may be uh, signing Cancelo. That would be great. I don't think it's gonna happen. I mean, Cancelo doesn't have a good relationship with Man Plus, City. Plus, you don't want you don't want a Cancelo. He fights with everyone. He's unhappy. Maybe everywhere. he won't fight there. Maybe, like it's much better to get Cancelo from Man City than to get Eric Garcia and Ferran Torres. So I, I hope they get someone like Cancelo. He's not getting that many games or that much time in uh, Bayern, anyways. And there's way too many. I mean, players what, on that what, play, bench. what player do you think? Because I don't think Barcelona necessarily needs that. All those defenders. They do. Because, you think? Yeah, because they don't have squad depth. Like, if 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 Araujo and Kunde and mainly Araujo's, Araujo's not there, they're fucked. They're really fucked. So they need someone else to... Uh, like, they cannot put Eric Garcia as... Uh, like, he, you see, he doesn't even play him in the, in the back. Because he thinks he's liability, I yeah, think. Right. So he doesn't but play the, him in the but back But the city anymore. player they're most interested in is Gundogan. It's always been. I mean... Both are good. Why but not? I just don't think how Gundogan would be that much of a great addition because if maybe in terms of squad depth, right? Like, but I don't think Gundogan was gonna Gundogan is gonna go and just be second string. I don't think he will want to go and be benched a lot. It's fine. He doesn't have to be benched because we don't have to play Sergio Roberto if you want to play. In no, the but midfield. if you have a fit Pedri, you have a fit Gabi, you have a fit, you know, all those players. What? How I'm, is Gundogan? I'm sorry. Fit in I'm here? sorry. If fit Pedri and De Jong will play, I'm, I think Gabi may lose his spot. Gabi is not that good. Like, at least lately. Honestly, I've always said it. Pedri, yeah. I'm going to give it to you. Pedri's no, an amazing player. Amazing. Pe- but Gabi, I've never been, like, so am- impressed yeah. by, to, to by me, what Pedri he does. To me, Pedri is one of the best midfielders in the world right now. Like, So I think if Gundogan comes, he has a spot at Barcelona. If J- Cancelo comes, he has a spot at Barcelona. I really think the summer is going to be super interesting in terms of the where the players are, are going to go. You would think the Barcelona team sucks with all their problems and with all their not winning any titles, but players still want to go and play for Barcelona. I mean, wouldn't you want to go there? It's also like a great city. Like, wouldn't you want to live That's there? That's true. Yeah, I, I we mean, both love Barcelona as a city. I mean, so imagine like taking Manchester. I'm sorry, Manchester. Or, or Newcastle. And Newcastle is such a good team that you have to go and live in Newcastle. I don't think Newcastle is bad, but Manchester just the probably, weather. Yeah, the weather. Like, oh Barcelona is so good. It's such a nice city. Yeah. Like yeah, the the like the. The, the Camp Nou is filled every better game. Better food. Better food. So, as a player, I would definitely want to go there. So, I... Anyways, in, in conclusion, Madrid was great. Barcelona was really bad. They still have La Liga. They won the Super Cup. 
so if they get these two titles, I think Chavi was very honest. He was like, we were embarrassing, and and I appreciated that. He's like, we were very bad. They were much better, and he like outlined all the stuff that were that that, that were wrong. So hopefully, um, that's what I'm saying. He they need more player. The conclusion is this: they need more squad depth. Speaking of more players, the the audience was the fans were chanting Messi's name during this game, and. All these rumors circulating. I mean, to be honest, I think they're pretty credible rumors at this point. At least you can say that Messi is now in, you know, talks with Barcelona for a potential return. You know, we're saying that he's getting offered 400 million from the Saudi league, from Al Hilal. Um, and Barcelona is only able to offer him around 10 million euros a year just because of all their restrictions in terms of. Yeah. But if you think about it, if Messi really cared about Barcelona, he could pretty much go play for free. He doesn't I need mean, that I'm money. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's let's just because I feel like you just mentioned the 400 million just like that. That's a big number. 400 million euros. Al Hilal are reportedly offering 400 million euros to bring Leo. That's per Fabrizio Romano. That's basically 33 million a month, 770 dollars a minute, 772 dollars a minute, and 13 dollars a second. So the guy is just chilling. And he gets all this money. But I'm pretty sure he's already saved no. plenty of money for his family, for oh, his kids. Well, actually, I checked online. His it says worth, that his net worth is 600 around... million. Yeah, but I don't believe that number. So It's probably higher. It's probably m- much higher. So just to put things into perspective, because I feel like we're becoming really numb with these high numbers. It's 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 actually ridiculous. No, no, I'm not numb to it. No, not you. Not you, but I'm just talking generally. 400 million, that's 1% of the, the GDP of Cameroon or Tunisia. That's 10% of the GDP of Liberia. That's how crazy it is. So DoorDash, in two, like the company DoorDash in 2021, April 2021 to April 2022, they had minus 400 million in profits. DoorDash is a company. Wayfair, minus 130 million in profits. And Delta Airlines, 500 million in profits. So compare that to salary one year of the guy. I mean, IX as a whole, per Wikipedia, IX is worth 400, 400 million, 430 million. West Ham worth 500 million. Roma and Milan, they're both worth around 550 million. So this is nuts that they want to pay one guy, Al Hilal, $435 million. It also, I mean, it is more a testament to how deep their pockets are. No, no, no. To them, all, to them, they can. We they, all knew that their pockets were no, so deep. No, but, but, but if they can fathom playing one, paying one player 400 million euros a year, I agree. That means that their reservoir must be so big that to them it's justifiable. But that makes sense, right? Because the most profitable company in the world has been for a long time Aramco. More than more than more than Apple. No, I agree, but it's just that people who maybe not are not confronted by this all the Mm -hmm, time mm -hmm. and maybe who don't follow football or may not even be so much aware before all these takeovers by Gulf states. I think now that people are coming because Forbes cannot measure their wealth, right? So people no, don't have no, this idea yeah, exactly. of like, oh, it they're can't. not on the Forbes list. We don't know how no. rich they, they are. They are on the Forbes list. Well, well, yeah, yeah, but it's way but, underestimated. Yeah, like right? the Walmart's family has more money than exactly. Them, so and Aramco, Aram, Saudi that. Aramco Week will never know how much money they really yeah. make. And so th- this kind of it just it's just glimpses into actually how deep their pockets are because for them to be because if you were a rich dude you would still be like, well, I can't pay you 400 million euros a year. I don't have that money. But to them, it's only like 0. Point whatever percent of their of it's, their wealth. It's, it's everything mixed with the government, mixed with everything. So it's like you don't know where that money is coming from. And I'm pretty sure Al-Hilal, by doing this, is it got the support of the government. It's not Al-Hilal independently has this massive amount of money. I mean, of course, of they're not, they don't have that money on their own. I mean, it's, it's just... It's just ridiculous. I feel like, don't you think that they're like fucking up the game a little bit? With yeah, these... I agree. I agree. Like, that's why like I was trying to bring up all the, like, even Taylor Swift's net worth, according to Forbes, this I looked at. 570 million. Oh, but she's that's the In 2022. But that's Taylor Swift. It's one of the most successful artists in, in history. But think about it, though. No one is going to tell Taylor Swift, hey, you come play for blah, blah, blah exclusively and we're going to pay you the salary. No, she works for the. Now these players, they're commodities, basically, to be bought and sold between different parties, right? Mm -hmm. Before it was individuals, before it was clubs. Now it's head of states. Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. indirectly, but head of state, right? And so that, I think, is if you think about it a little bit longer, then the moral i don't know i don't want i don't want to say moral issues i'm i'm nobody to comment on that but still you're thinking like oh actually that's a bit interesting because now i'm just like buying and selling these products yeah i mean 
objects, yeah. right? The commodities. Like, well, exactly. what, what is Messi bringing to you? Oh, I'm going to use is, him to sell the image of the this image. brand. Exactly, exactly. But um, but there is a moral question here, right? Because you could employ 4,000 people that get paid 100K uh, a year with that money, right? Like those 4,000 people would all have families and be able to feed their families. Isn't that like a little bit of a moral issue? I know it's like this world of capitalism. We want the market to regulate itself and all of that. But it just seems to me like there's a no, lot of people No, but this, this, this is not capitalism. A little bit. Aramco, Saudi Aramco does not operate under capitalism. No, no, but the fact that they are that there is no regulations to cap. It's like okay, the highest bidder can just that's put true. Money. That's true. That's, that's, that's true. my it point. It is. A, it's a it's a marketplace, but the problem is, is because it's so many different parties involved. It would be almost impossible to regulate. Yeah. Because how yeah. do you how do you intersect all these different countries, all these different organizations, rules you, and regulations yeah. to be able to regulate it uniformly? Like it's just like okay, well then I can just leave Europe, and since I'm not That's operating true. Europe, you can't regulate me. That's true. No, that that makes sense. He's going to, and we can we're going to talk about the Saudi league later he's going there and so he's going to be regulated by them and it's just as you said they don't have any limits now they're like the uh, saudis reportedly uh, looking to offer Mourinho 120 million dollars per year uh, dollars or euros who knows at this point to coach the team so that's another the saudi arabia team yeah saudi yeah, arabia yeah. team because mm-hmm. the they, team. yeah their coach their current coach Avana is going to, to the french women's team the french women's team so that's in addition to ronaldo playing there who uh, basically has a 2.5 year deal that totals around 535 million deal and apparently the deal is like not, mostly not about him playing soccer but most of it is like Ronaldo's rights uh, an image for like team promotional material on certain public obligations mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. basically uh, what the 400 million that they could pay Messi, Messi. yeah and also he, his income is not just going to be for it's going to be plus his brand deals so Messi estimated the past couple years he earns around 100 million dollars in sponsorships and brand deals a year he could live off that without any income from the club that's what I'm right that's it's the, insane that they're still offering him on top of that 400 million that's when i when i read that and and i'm pretty sure taxes is probably not that high in saudi so that's also something to take into account and i'm pretty sure when i read around like in the, in the internet it's not Forbes or reported that, that messi has 600 million or 500 million i don't believe that no way no way like in, in, in his net worth the guy's been like a diva for he's the best player in history yeah best player in history he in, in like he's he got paid so much from psg so much from barcelona itself it's probably one of the reasons why they're in so much debt uh, like and he's those probably, huge brand deals that he has yeah, yeah huge brand deals random brand deals right like burgers and stuff like no, no, that no no he with with hard rock cafe that's a huge one but but even with like his um because his personal brand deals with adidas right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so he's been partnered with them for a long time now i think and uh, he does a lot of stuff with pepsi I mean, it's just everywhere, right? Like his and plus Messi. Maybe maybe I'm just buying into this whole celebrity image thing. Mm-hmm. He seems like a very calm dude. Like, yes, he's really wealthy. He has lots of houses. He has lots of blah blah blah. But he's not. He doesn't seem like someone who's just always taking pictures of himself in a private jet and like doing all this stuff, right? Like he seems like more yeah, of yeah, a stable yeah, guy, yeah. right? So I'm sure he saved a lot of money. Oh, he's not sure. just like yeah, yeah. you know spending it like crazy yeah. and like doing all this stuff. I think he's saved a lot his his great 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 grandchildren could live pretty well i mean this is at this no, point <laughs> no questions no questions asked. He, yeah messi but, is but i think if i were him i should take the al-hilal deal i mean come on it's one year for 100 million <laughs> let's just stop there is no like there's a lot of he people... wants to stay in europe that's what he's always said dude you've done everything in europe there's nothing for you to prove anymore just his, go pocket also, maybe, the money maybe his wife doesn't want his wife is not even happy in paris apparently yeah, I mean, he should definitely leave Paris because it's not going well for him. But I think if I were him, I would just go to... It's it's too much of a sweet deal. Like, even if you think about hedge fund managers, if you think about all the people who make so much money, Honestly, this is out of this world. And, like, from a personal perspective, also, you're a Barcelona fan. I also just feel bad for Xavi if he did go back. Yeah, yeah. Xavi, I really want... I know you don't like him. There's going to be two I, voices I, in the, I like in the, Xavi. I want yeah. him to do something at Barcelona. Mm. Messi would just disrupt that. And I think 
he they need to start a new era to see if Barcelona can really prosper and flourish without being defined by Messi. Yeah, and well, if he is able to do that, that true. would be amazing because you start a new chapter at Barcelona where you can maybe even attract the newer generation who yeah. don't know who Messi is, who's never watched Messi, to get them to support Barcelona as well. Because you can't just have it... Yes, a lot of clubs are defined by one or two legends, but if they want to continue to be good, they need to not just rely on that. And so that's Xavi's goal and... If Messi comes back, I feel like then it wouldn't be Xavi who gets to do it. Maybe it's someone else no, who comes in later, yeah. right? And even in, even the, in the locker room, it's not going to be one voice, right? It's going to be Xavi telling them something, but the players, though, we are Messi. Yeah, they don't know. Well, what, yeah, what if Messi says something different? Exactly. So who it's, should I listen to? One hundred percent is going to be that. So I don't think they want to bring him back. It's too many. He can just go there and retire and like be involved in the team somehow. But I don't think he should play. I mean, if you want, I don't think Messi seems to have revealed any intention to become a manager, to become a coach, right? I don't, I don't think, think, I don't think will. he, he, I don't think no. he said that. So, I mean, if any, he loves Barcelona. He can live there. He can retire there. He exactly. can do whatever. Exactly. He can even like go and visit all the time. He can go to the La Masia, whatever he does. Like you know, like it's. There's so many things that you could do. That's it. You gave so much to Barcelona. Thank you very much. I think it's time to move on. Yeah. Yeah. A quick word on the United-Newcastle game. Oh, Newcastle was amazing. Really a 2-0 a win against United. Very well-deserved. And midfield was on fire. Willock and Bruno. Saint-Maximin. I don't know how you call it. Saint-Maximin, I guess, in French. It was great. So dangerous every time he got the ball. Isaac, great buy. I remember him from Sociedad. He started, he was, which was great. Very great good. idea. He's, he's really good. Mm -hmm. Trippier was really good. Callum Wilson, great goal. Honestly, they were just superior. Man United was United, okay. United turned off. Yeah, I don't know what happened okay, to them. It was okay. It was average. Anthony is still very average so far. Still waiting, waiting on Anthony to be amazing. I don't know. It's kind of predictable as well. That's what people have been saying a lot. I really hope Newcastle will finish third. Uh, they've been they've been on fire. Maybe Man United fourth, but that's kind of what I expect. Uh, again, Newcastle West Ham. Newcastle beat West Ham five uh, one. So that's what I don't understand. Okay, I'm going to talk about West Ham as well. Uh, West Ham won, I think, Southampton 1-0. And Agard, uh, Agard scored. Scored that goal. Yeah, mm -hmm. scored that goal. That was a nice goal. His but first Premier League goal. First Premier League goal. Like they, West Ham was not great in that game. Southampton could have scored multiple times. So they barely... they barely Scraped by with three points. Yeah, barely scraped by with three, with three points. So... And when the, I think the West Ham fan looked at uh, Newcastle's performance versus Man U, they were all scared. They were like, oh my God, there's no way this is going to be so hard. Okay, so I don't understand why they're so upset. Did they expect to win Newcastle? Realistically, you can't. Maybe I mean, not to lose by five. Yeah, maybe not to lose by, by five. I completely agree. I think Agurd killed the game. He, that mistake, it was I think the third goal. That mistake killed the game. They could have come back. But he killed the game. This is not the first time he... We've talked about this. And it's not the first time he made this mistake. He already made, like, three mistakes in a single game versus, I don't remember, which team, mm -hmm, uh, like, mm -hmm. a few weeks ago. He also made the mistake versus Rangers he in a friendly game. He doesn't make good game. decisions in the penalty box, yeah. Yeah, like, I, we've talked about how there is, like, this pressure now constantly on all the defenders because that's a way for all these attackers to they score. They press very high. Yeah, yeah, they press very high. And this wasn't the case before. Like, maybe, like, 10 years ago. So... He can't be in the Premier League and make those types of mistakes. You can't because it, it could kill a game. Obviously, Fabianski made another mistake after that and also killed the game even more. But I think Moyes was very upset because in this case, I don't think you can blame Moyes. Agard made that mistake and this is his third time making a similar mistake. Fabianski made also another mistake that made it into four. So I don't know. I, like Maybe fans should think about that. The, there is a big... This is the individual decision. This is an individual mistake. So I think these chances are West Ham may be, may be relegated. It's very, very high chances. Uh, and it's also very likely that they will uh, fire Moyes. But you see how, for example, Agar, like, I mean, it is like the case where a lot of players come to the Premier League and they they struggle to kind of fit into the way that yeah, really yeah. plays, and right? He, he is overall, he's, he's been playing well. Over Like Liverpool and Tottenham wants him right now. So he's been playing well overall, but I just, you cannot make those mistakes. Because if you're playing in Ligue 1, they don't press that way. Yeah, no, they don't. The, 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 the intensity League, is not the same. The Premier League, they press like crazy, nonstop. You cannot make those mistakes. And especially not against Newcastle, they're not going to miss, right? If you make that against City, if you make that against Liverpool. So, I don't know. I 
kind of like him, but he's not been playing well. Like most of the Moroccan players have not been playing well. Very, very disappointing. Uh, West Ham has been very disappointing as well. Newcastle, great. I really, really hope they finish third. Man United, it's okay. I think they might finish fourth. They're getting their wins now. Yeah. They won 1-0 against Brentford. Brentford pretty much felt like didn't even show up. So United just and got that win. But yeah, I mean, I I, I would like to see... But at, at the same time, you know, all these United fans think that's it. We are in a new era. Ten Hag is going to do great things for us. So I think they really expect mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a lot of great things going forward. So Newcastle is going to have a hard time if they want third. But honestly, I think Newcastle will be very happy with fourth. Very happy. And I think they might be third. It's very, very possible because uh, New Newcastle, like, Newcastle does, doesn't have any other titles, right? But Man United has Europa League. Very, very big chance of winning the Europa League. That's true, that's true. I mean, yeah. like, I'm sorry. I, I think they play Sevilla. But United has a, has a, has a deeper squad depth. Yeah, exactly. A crazy squad. So, so, so it doesn't. Yeah. I don't think it matters too much if they have a couple extra games. Oh, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah, it's possible. Okay. The other question that I had is when we talk about like twelve coaches or twelve managers being sacked this year so far, and maybe more coming. Isn't this? I don't know. Isn't this weird? Or maybe it's just me, but like I feel like expectations are much higher from clubs. Like everyone is just expected to be at the top. And obviously, not everyone's going to be at the top. Mm-hmm. Not ev- someone has to get relegated because that's how the system is. But to me, it's very surprising that the longest-serving coach is Klopp, eight season, and Pep, his seventh season, and then the the one after that is I forgot which goes, but only three seasons. So it's like crazy. Even Lampard is actually there because he did like two seasons or with with Chelsea. So the fact that there's no stability, the fact that now coaches are getting like sacked constantly, don't you think that expectations are so high and we cannot maintain? Some teams are just mid-level, mid-table teams. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it's like, I think it's almost like they don't judge their performance relative to There's the no kind relative. of players exactly. they have. Exactly, it's absolute. The m- amount of money they have yeah, exactly. and all that stuff. Right, exactly. Because, you know, if you're a mid-table or close to relegation team, you can't be coming out every every game saying, oh my God, the manager sucks because we didn't win this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, come on. Like, there's not... And it's not even just like, okay... Yeah, if you didn't win, maybe they won't say anything if it's a win, a loss against a big, the top four teams or something. But outside of that, it's like, no, we got to win every team or else like, no, the manager's got to go. And I think fans become more and more. They've gotten used to it, though. I think they've gotten used to like, that's a quick solution. That's a quick solution. If things are not working out, if I'm unhappy, then the manager has got to go. Honestly, I really miss the old times, you know, when, you know, Wenger and um, uh, Fergie, Fergie were there. And it just seems like, these managers have long tenures where they're really connected to the club. So when you think about United in those days, you think of Sir Alex Ferguson. Because, yeah. it, and I honestly, I think that fosters a lot of like connections from the fans, from the players mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. People want to go to a club because, you know what, I really want to work with that manager. He's been there for years. He has a reputation there and all this stuff. Now with all these rotations, every season every year all this stuff you just feel like there's not that much of a connection between the manager and the and the club just anymore. recycling exactly it's just a contract i'm just here for and then i'm gone and like what i have no i have no and what klopp and guardiola they're kind of like the equivalent maybe of of winger and fergie of those days right because they're the mm-hmm. lasting ones and they have had a bit of a rivalry going on slightly and and and, and, and um arsene winger didn't give them a lot of titles. It's not like Fergie. Exactly. It was just a few years that he yeah. really, really, the Invincibles, right? Yeah, After that, he really deteriorated. But exactly. still, he was still there and he's still, I think, I mean, honestly, yeah. And it, it's rare because like they just asked Pep this the other day. He's like, what's your secret? How come you've never been fired? And I thought about it, it's true. He's one of the rare, like he hasn't been fired. Yeah, but he is, he's not like any coach, right? Well, that's true. And he's like, you know what my secret is? I win games. <laughs> that's very simple. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he said. Yeah. Love it. Love it. He just wins games. <laughs> exactly. Rare. No, but I, I, I do think, yeah, I agree. I, I don't think it's a problem per se, but I don't prefer it. I don't like it. Yeah, you have to... Like, there's no... No one is patient. Everyone's... And also maybe because Leicester won the... Like, like had that that amazing story. And then Brentford is also doing so well. And they were, like, in the championship, I don't know, last year or, like, two years ago. So they're seeing all these teams that are, like, climbing 
so quickly and they're like why why can't it they be us as well right yeah why can't it be us okay maybe we should get a better coach maybe we should do this maybe i don't there's so much money as well in the in the premier league there's more money there's then you can get more players you can pay more coaches more coaches more money so i don't know what's happening it's just that it's a little bit weird to me you don't see a lot of stability i agree i agree and i i, I do think that it's it's nicer to have more stability in the from from a fan's perspective. I think from a player's perspective too. Why do you have to get used to like five different? I know. Like yeah, Conte, it must not be good. Conte, because he got injured, he's in play like under like four different people within it's the crazy. span of like yeah. it's insane. Because like I don't want to get used to five different coaching styles. This one's passive aggressive. This one's just really aggressive. This one doesn't have a strategy. This one likes to play me in a different position. Do you see yeah. what I'm saying? It's so disruptive. Yeah. I don't know. And plus, when you're a new player, you're like, what? You barely even speak the language sometimes the coach comes yeah, in. No, to, How like, do you communicate with them? Yeah, exactly. like, and, and it's like, you got to get used to a new training ground. Oh, we don't do things like this. And it takes several games to kind of get you into it. Not every coach is lucky, lucky enough to have a preseason to get them into, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Yeah, I think honestly, all around, I don't think it's good for. And plus, the owners don't have that attachment with the managers as much anymore either. Because if you don't stay around for long, I don't have a relationship with you. I can fire you anytime I want. That's because true. I, I don't care about you. Yeah. Whereas before, like if think about it, United, the Glazers, they're not going to be like, oh, f- f- fuck you, Fergie. I don't want you. I'm going to fire you. I agree. I agree. And that's why I don't think that I don't think Barcelona should uh, fire Xavi. No way. Like, yeah. I don't think so. He, they already been. So after Luis Enrique, they've been through three coaches. Kike Setien, Valverde and Coman, they all sucked. And now like when they got Xavi, I think they just need to give him more time. It's like they give time to artists. Just give people time. Like these, these people are not bad coaches. Like, we, like fans needs to learn, like a little bit of stability. Needs to learn to be patient. Every year, like it's very hard to stay at the top all the time, right? I mean, anyways, I mean, this is. I just wanted to mention that as well. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to be a club legend. And I think that helps. That mm-hmm. goes in your flavor, right? That's true. So if you're saying, okay, well, because it's, it's kind of becoming like Wall Street. Either results or you're out, right? It's not like. Uh, like Wall cannot... Street, I can understand a little bit more because everything happens so fast paced. Mm-hmm. But with football, a lot of times you want to think it's a it's a long it's a long game, and those blips like Leicester, they don't come along like you know ever yeah. pretty much, yeah. right? So yeah, I agree. And it's you know if you're going through a rough time, that's even more. I mean, time to. But you know, in cases like Graham Potter, maybe he was out of his depth. It was too uh, much for him. Yeah, it's not so always that, the case, right? I agree. So in that case, you know, maybe it's a little different. But at the same time, yeah, don't. The firing left and right, yeah. Also, I guess it causes drama. Well, let's talk. Oh, get him out, get him out. It's more exciting. Maybe they make money. It's from more this headlines. Drama. Fabrizio has more to talk about. That's true. One of the things that happened was so you know how like the Premier League they allowed players mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. pause and get their. They did that during the Liverpool game. You saw like Conte and all those players mm-hmm. like. Most of the time, it's just drinking a bit of water, having some gel packs, and that's it. Like, it's very fast. Very disruptive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the French Football Federation, the FFF, refused to pause their matches for Ramadan because it violates their principles of football neutrality at the places of practice. So it kind of coincides with their concept of laïcité, where, where they feel like, you know, these kind of public arenas should not be, cont- quote-unquote, contaminated or involved with religion. any kind of religious mm-hmm. practices, right? So that's, they feel like, for them, it's being consistent with what they believe is right, right? Um, so and they even sent this email to the referees banning the interruption of games for making the fast, saying that this would not respect our rules, the positions of the FFF. And so there were there was some blowback. So this French um, player uh, at Aston Villa, his name is Lucas Dean. He's you know played for the French team a lot. He tweeted basically with like three face palming emojis <laughs> responding to this. He's French. Yeah, he's French. And there's also an Everton midfielder, uh, Ducor. He said that the Premier League was the best league for Muslims to be in, yeah. and we noticed this. So during the PSG game mm-hmm. versus Leon, where they lost, by the way, the PSG fans wrote in French, "A date, a glass of water, the nightmare of the FFF," and so it was like a banner so that of the collective ultras Paris, so the ultra fans of PSG, um, and you could see this at the Parc de Princes, like they had the huge sign, like and the, the cameras panned to it a few mm-hmm. times, right, mm-hmm. um, and. There was another story that came out. So Nantes has this Algerian defender, Jawan Hajam. Hajam. Mm-hmm. So he insisted on fasting. And so the coach, Antoine yeah. Kambouri, those who fast, I support them. But on match days, you should not fast. 
It is not a punishment. I set rules. It's his choice, and I and I respect it. And players should not fast to be match fit and to avoid getting hurt during games. And they lost the game against France, three 0 The difference between like how France has been dealing with it and how the Premier League has it. It just it just seems it's very interesting because when the Premier League announces, I don't think there was much kerfuffle around debate, it at yeah, all. Like people fine. weren't really for or against it. It was just like, okay, sure, this is happening. Let's okay, let's move on, right? Like it's fine if they want to break whatever. And actually, I was thinking, well, this is like a basketball timeout. The the manager gets to talk to their players uh, like, you it's, know, it's like the- it's like the cooling breaks they had in uh, 2020 because they stopped the games for a while and so they had to go until August so it was much, much hotter. Exactly. It's kind of the same thing. Exactly. They get a time to break and then a little, a nice little huddle, you mm-hmm. know, talk about a bit of strategy, what's going wrong. Yeah, but then France, they want to do this in France and there's just all this blowback and you just feel like, wow, like they're, they're, the tensions are really, really high. I mean, like, come on, this does not, this is not, I mean, I understand they think that this is in line with their, their ideals and stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, now you're going to have this population in your country that's just going to hate you even more. No, and it's, it's like very hard to apply it to football because most people in football are from different religions, right? Like different religions, different uh, countries, different ethnicities. So you cannot really apply Plus, it to Plus, I'm sorry, it just feels like, a, it feels like a scapegoat, like an excuse. Because if you're saying, okay, we don't want religious, why don't you just call it a cooling break? Yeah, why you can just call, why exactly. don't you just call it like a break for players to just catch their breath? Exactly. We're and be like, it's, you know, you can say, oh, weather has been hotter than usual. We played the World Cup. There's mm-hmm. been more games. And so we just want players to have a little bit of a respite during the game. I you agree. don't need to call it. Yeah. No one's calling it a Ramadan break. I, I do understand their their legal stuff and all of their stuff about like laicite. So I understand that. But as you said, they should have just called it a cooling break because they have a high populations of Muslims that are, and different people from different countries that play football. So you can't just do that. And I mean, even on their national team. And even on the national team, it's kind of ridiculous, right? Like Benzema, all these teams. We've talked about this in the past. So it's a little bit ridiculous. And at the same time, I don't think it should be a decision of the federation. Yes, a coach himself couldn't have a conversation with the players saying that I don't think you're going to perform that well in the game. So if you want to fast, then to me, you're not going to play the whole game. That's fine. Right? It depends on, like, do you think as a coach that the player is going to be to the best of his ability, going to be to represent, going to be able to make you win the game? So that's completely fair. I don't think you can participate or I don't think you can, like, function in full capacity. But the problem is sh- this should be a private discussion. I agree. And it shouldn't, the story shouldn't come out saying that Anant drops yeah, their should. player yeah. because he was no, fasting, no, right? Why don't you just keep this private? Be like, oh, he's not playing because he's not fleeing well or, like, he, he doesn't feel fully fit for the game. And then if, if you get asked by a journalist... Don't comment on the, the I fasting, agree. You shouldn't right? Comment. Yeah, I, it's, it, you could have a conversation with your player, and you could tell him that I think, from my perspective, that I can you can't play like the full ninety minute because you're fasting. That hasn't been the case clearly for a lot of other players because they've been performing so well. To my surprise, as well. But I just feel like it became all political for no exactly. reason. Exactly. Why are you going to publicly, openly state all this stuff? You could easily be very diplomatic about it. Hey, we had a discussion. He doesn't feel fully fit to play the full 90 minutes or to start. And that is the agreement that we reached. That's it. No, like, oh, it's, it's, oh, I said the rules. It's not a pan- punishment. Players need to not fast to be matched. No, don't comment on all this and, stuff. And it's also very hard for, for French players. Like, if I were a French player playing in the French league, and I'm Muslim, and I can't do that in my own league, then that's a little bit crazy, right? If if I'm English or, like, I don't know, Moroccan or some other random, but I'm Muslim and I'm playing in the French league, okay, it's not my country. I can't say anything about it, but that's actually my country and I can't do that. From, like, an English fan's perspective, which I am, great. Get all those Muslim players to come play in the Premier League. Yeah. Because clearly Ligue 1 is not very welcome. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure they <laughs> want to do that. I'm pretty sure they wish they could all come and play for the Premier League. Well, yeah. But I honestly, it was, it's been very interesting. That sign cracked me up. The, the date, the glass I was very surprised it when I saw it. I didn't, I didn't expect them to actually do like I a didn't know it was, it was the ultras that did it. Yeah, the it was PSG the ultras. fans. Yeah, exactly. And if you think about it, a lot of PSG fans, I mean, if they're Parisians, they come from the venue. Mm-hmm, a lot of them mm-hmm. are probably Muslim. I mean, I'm not statistically That's speaking true. i'm just saying like or they're just like more it's a more diverse thing they're more accepting of like yeah, uh, right. other people's religion and plus because there's such a huge muslim population in 
France. France I think is, French yeah. people are very aware about Ramadan. They mm-hmm. they know that you oh you break your fast with a date mm-hmm. versus an American is not going to know that. That's true. And so they're very much in tune. Oh, this is a Ramadan month. People are fasting. And so like the fact that you know you have such a huge but you, you don't want to even address it or like mm-hmm. you address it in such a way that feels political and aggressive, it just rubs people the wrong way. Like if they wanted to do this in the U.S., they would not have this. Even though the Muslim population is so much smaller, that is, true. and people yeah. don't even know. Oh, what is Ramadan? Why do you even have to do this? But if they announce it, people would be like, okay. I'm not. I'm not that surprised to be honest. But okay, it's like classic, uh, uh, classic France. I would say. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know. It just seems like as much as well as their national team is doing. Mm-hmm. There just seems like a lot of discontent between, you know, the manager, the players, this kind of whole religion yeah, thing. I mean, it just doesn't this, seem well you Exactly. Know, I mean, even dealt what, like, even me now, like, if I were a French player and Muslim, like, how would I feel about playing for the, like, for the French uh, team? Yeah, because know. this is the French Federation who's saying this. Exactly. Right? It's yeah. not just, oh, this is a it's, specific league on problem. Exactly. That's right? the problem. Yeah. It's like you feel not accepted in your own country. So. I don't know. And it's like they, they they made a point to send the email to the referees so the referees specifically do not stop the games, mm. right? So it's like a concerted effort and the email was leaked, which is the problem. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I think I read it, yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow, okay, that's not good. So. Not a good look. Okay, uh, since we were talking about Messi getting this, potentially getting this huge deal from Al-Hilal, I thought it would be like, uh, good to talk about the Saudi League. Is the Saudi League actually really that good? So Ronaldo two weeks ago said, and I quote, I'm not going to say that the league is a Premier League or like the Premier League, I'll say. That would be a lie. But it's a very competitive league that I'm positively surprised by. A very balanced league and good teams. I'm sure that in the coming years, the league will be the fourth, fifth or sixth most competitive league in the world. <laughs> well, I'm not sure about that, but end, end quote. So how good is the Saudi Pro League? So compared to the Arab, uh, to the other Arab, African and Asian leagues, leagues, I would think it's not bad because their national team is actually pretty good. And most of their players are very local. Like you're not going to find players born in like in France and then they come back and play for, uh, for Saudi. They don't export a lot of Saudi players either to Europe. They have three main teams at Itihad. Uh, which is first right now in uh, in uh, the Saudi league. I think Al-Nasr, which is probably second. And and that's where Ronaldo plays. And Al-Hilal. And Al-Hilal. Who wants Messi. Exactly. Al-Hilal who wants Messi. And who had that player called Salim Adawasri. And if you remember him, he's the guy who scored his second amazing goal versus Argentina. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, Al-Hilal, historically speaking, Al-Hilal has 18 titles. Uh, like 18 league titles. Al-Nasr has nine titles and uh, six Kings Cup. So Al-Nasr tend to be not as good as Al-Hilal historically. But, but usually... But they're, they're the dominant teams in the league. The two of them. The, the three of them. Al-Tihad, oh, Al-Nasr, Al-Hilal. Okay. For, when it comes to uh, the continent and AFC Champions League, there's no victory at all for Nasr. So hopefully Ronaldo can actually help them win that. And Al-Tihad has two victories, or like at least so two. So this is the two. African Champions League? No, the Asian Champions League. Oh, sorry, they play in the Asian Champions the Asian League. Champions League. Right. Yeah, so Al-Tihad has two uh, Champions League titles and Al-Hilal has four Champions League titles. Wow, okay. Al-Hilal is so good in this Champions League that we've seen them in the World Cup uh, of clubs recently, right? And they were in the final versus Madrid and they lost. So to me, Al-Hilal is not a bad team. I've watched them multiple times. They're pretty good. So... Um, I've actually watched some clips of the, um, the the Saudi League, and there is a Moroccan player named Abde as well, who's a, who's a player who's a forward for Etihad, and he's kind of like a top scorer, second top scorer, and now he scored 15 goals. He's a top scorer overall for the league. He's historically, he's scored a lot of goals. Okay. So the problem is that it's a little bit slower. The reaction of the defender uh, and, and like everyone in the pitch is not as fast as the Premier League. And you can tell because when this guy played for Morocco in the World Cup, he couldn't do anything. Like mm. the minute he touched the ball, defenders were already around him. It was much more like way more fast paced. Right? I think it's an easier league. It's much better than the Moroccan league. And in my opinion, much better than any of the African leagues. But I don't think it's Yeah, but what about close. in the Asian league? I don't, know, I, I don't know much about the no, Japanese. It's probably better or... than the Asian leagues. Okay. Probably better, in, in my opinion, again. So if Ronaldo is saying it's going to be the fifth and sixth, okay, because after you it count the possible. five or six in Europe, then, yeah, then, it, then there you go. But exactly. I don't know. I mean, 
you know, the leagues in Argentina or in Brazil. They're good as well. So the Brazilian exactly. league is very good. Argentinian league is very good. I think it's just, can they invest a lot of money and actually be able to convince a lot of these good players to come? Because they have a lot of players that are like from are like Argentinian players, Brazilian players, and all these players from South America that you probably don't see in Africa, that you probably won't see in other uh, big leagues. But they have a lot of them in the Saudi league. Mm-hmm. So they they said that many new countries have now started broadcasting the SPL since Cristiano Ronaldo joined. Mm-hmm. The sports minister said 137 countries started broadcasting SPL. So to me, it's still very hard to imagine that people in the U.S. or in the U.K. are going to start watching the Saudi Pro League okay, anytime soon. You can soon. forget about the U.S. <laughs> anytime soon will the U.S. That's true. It's a different story. But people in Europe, it's very hard for me to imagine that they're going to start watching the, the Saudi League. And it's. Um, I also wanted to mention this because they're trying to bring not just... Um, like they're also trying to bring like I think Busquets like randomly you see like titles of oh they're trying to bring these uh, the, the, these big players like Messi to the Saudi League. what do you think do you think they're actually gonna like but you see there's a, there's a difference between watch? getting player getting these players past their prime versus a good player at their prime because there's a there's a difference right you're gonna have these hardcore fans of Messi or whomever who, or Ronaldo who are just gonna follow them and just kind of keep track of what they're doing because they were big fans mm-hmm. but then other play a lot of the other fans they don't i don't need to watch ronaldo past his prime in a saudi league it is ronaldo yeah maybe i know he's there yeah but he's not the playing of- at his they need if they want but europeans what to is watch the proportion them. what is the proportion of the fan ronaldo's fan base that are actually like crazy fans i have that no are idea watch. i have no idea but, but the, the thing is they may be fan it depends because i think there are fans who are fans of ronaldo and not overall huge football fans yeah same with messi they may watch him here and there but they don't watch all their his games i agree but i watched i followed like messi right but i didn't used to watch psg but i started watching it just because messi was there i watched argentina because messi plays there as well so there is an argument to be made there i just think that you don't have players like messi and Ronaldo anymore with that strong of a fan base that would just follow them anyway. Yeah, I'm not going to follow Busquets all the way. Exactly. Yeah. You're not going to follow Grealish. You're not going to follow Kevin De Bruyne. Hey, 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 slow down there. I'll follow Grealish wherever he goes. <laughs> if he play, go plays for Qatar, you're going to follow uh, him. No, he'd be hilarious in Qatar. I would follow him. <laughs> not necessarily to watch, to watch football, but more like off-the-pitch stuff. Exactly, and to watch his calves, for sure. I don't know. I mean, I think they're investing a lot of money. It's also because they're preparing for the 2030 World Cup. Uh, their their bid, but anyways, it's just interesting how much money they're spending. Maybe it could change the the, the football scene there, but good for I, them. I they do have think money. if you're saying they don't have spectators from Europe, I don't think they do. Then there needs to be more European players because I think from mm-hmm. a European's perspective, if I ha- if I know European players there, I'm more likely to watch it. Yeah, I mean, it's not just about level or like technicality and like how you know. I mean, yeah, that plays a role, mm-hmm. right? But I want to see like. If you're like, okay, then I want to see people who are from my country. I want to see people from, who are from my continent. Yeah, and that, that's, if you have zero, then... Yeah, and that's why people, like a lot of Moroccan people watch uh, some of the Saudi League because that Moroccan guy, Abde, watched it. And a lot of Moroccans demanded from Avocado Hay to bring him in the mm. World Cup, even though he didn't perform that well. So that, that is very possible. But good for them. They have a lot of money. They're investing it. It's, it's, a, it's a free word. It's a free country. Yeah. Yeah, it's just interesting if Saudi is going to put more effort into developing their own league versus buying teams left and right in Europe, mm-hmm, you know? Like cuz I mean, good. That's if they're good. doing both, I don't know, can they do both really well? Yeah, because could you spend 400 or 500 million dollars on, on one year on on Messi or go actually and buy Ajax? What would you do? <laughs> what's better for them financially well then again they can do both financially that is true there is no limit so maybe they can juggle everything that's why they're doing everything right if they if they buy if they buy you know like more teams in europe yeah it's like it's like the one that it's like because you know there was like a rivalry between them and qatar like politically and all of that it's like they want to say qatar if you are going to buy psg and you're going to organize this massive world cup then you don't even know what we're going to do we're going to organize the olympics we're going to organize the 2030 world cup we're going to buy newcastle we're going to buy all of this stuff and we're going to pay players 250 million they're going to buy arsenal yeah well it's coming baby it's coming saudi Saudi arabia is coming exactly (laughs) okay on that cheery note um this is the end of our episode 
Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star review and we'll see you in the next one. Bye.